Hey, welcome to Wolf's Watch. Just responding to a message here real quick. Saturday edition. How you doing today? Get that cable out of the way. I don't know if it's bothering you, but it's bothering me. <clears throat> welcome to Wolf's Watch. I want to uh, continue our discussion about working with millennials, building teams of high-performing millennials. And um, before doing that, I was looking at things that are historical this day on this day in history and something that just fascinated me was check this out in 1870 on February 5th, put my glasses on here so I can get you the right information on February 5th in 1870, the first motion picture movie, as we call them today was shown in a theater to an audience in Philadelphia. Imagine that 1870. So that's uh, 152 years ago. Throw a comment in and correct me if I'm wrong with that. I believe that's 152 years ago that the first movie was publicly shown in a movie theater like we would, you know, would think of today. Very much beginning of the modern era of entertainment, a mere five years after the Civil War. Is that incredible? And in Philadelphia, too, not really noted as the entertainment capital today, but huge influence in the early days in the development of what has become the movie industry, the entertainment industry. And you know, today, movies are everywhere. You probably make movies on your phone, right? Videos, everybody shoots video. So that was, um, the technology has changed. It's gotten a lot easier. It's it's much more widespread. But um, on this day, 1870, first movie in a movie theater viewed by the public. How cool is that? And, uh, you know, that's, there's a long distance between that and today's generations for the first time in history i hear that a lot for the first time in, in in history we have five generations in the workplace at the same time and the millennial generation is the biggest group of that the 35 percent of the workforce now and that's rapidly changing there's rapidly expanding is um the what i what i still like to call the greatest generation but i guess it's not defined that way now uh, it's the pre, pre-boomer generation, we'll call them. <laughs> Those born before 1946, um, back into the 1920s. But I guess they're not considered the Depression-era generation. My parents were even older than that. They were from from uh, generation before that, or they're born in the early 20s. But the thing with the millennials is they've really gotten a bad rap in media. And, you know, I just want to want to start with that because, you know, uh, from the conversations that I'd had with with some people from that age group, uh, a lot of what I heard from the media, I, I was not really hopeful with that. And then something happened uh, in our Leadership Insights series that we did our, our uh, radio show and then our television show. We had featured um, Sarah Buxbaum, who is a high performing entrepreneur who's from the millennial generation. I met, I have met more and more people like Sarah that are really focused. They're knocking it out of park. They're making stuff happen. I thought, you know, maybe the media, I know this to shock you, but maybe the mass media reports and the mass media discussion about millennials is wrong or at least not completely true. Cause I'll tell you what, um, I know I've known a fair number of uh, boneheads 
and ne'er-do-wells and not wanting to work hard people in my own generation. I've been guilty at that in different seasons in my, in my life uh, myself. And then start thinking about that going, well, you know, what's my experience been with my generation? How does that track with what I'm hearing about the millennial generation? How does that track what I know about Gen Xers? And now the next generation uh, after the, after the millennials, the generation Z's they're being called is coming along. Maybe we're missing something. Cause I'll tell you what, most companies that I've worked with over the years were not high performing environments. Business environments, business cultures, business leaders seem to suffer from the same ailment that the general population does. When um, survey after survey of people in general, when asked on, you know, regardless of what the dimension is, whether, whether it, it's intelligence, whether it is how um, ethical they are, how nice they are to other people, people re, uh, in report or, or survey after survey, more than two thirds and as high as 80%, depending on which survey you look at, rank themselves in the top quartile, uh, at least the upper half, but really it's like the top top quarter, top quarter, top third of all the people around them. Now, how can two thirds of the people be in the top third? Right? The math doesn't, doesn't work on that. And uh, someone may have told you there'd be no math. Guess what? There's math in life. So we'll, we'll keep it. You know, we won't get into... Uh, Laplace transforms and crazy engineering stuff. Cause that still makes my head hurt from undergraduate all those days. Wait a minute. Give me a second. Oh man. That just gives me a headache. I still have nightmares about the calculus that we did in engineering school. And I'm so proud to be a recovering engineer today. Ah, thank you for letting me have that moment to recover back again. But it, it, it's just, so there's this uh, misconception about, how high performing an organization is going to talk about how that shows in, in what business leaders are thinking in the coming year. That's not today's topic. We'll talk about that next week. Today's topic is about millennials and some of the reality of millennials. You know, they're in your workforce, right? As a business owner, you've got, you've got a lot of millennials across the board to 35% of the workforce. I've talked to people that have more like 80% from that age group in their company. And uh, there's a few that have a smaller percentage for the most part. It's at least 35% for your company, maybe even more. And how do you get the best of the best? What is, you know, what are the, if there were three things that you could implement in your company quickly that would help you have high performing teams with the millennials that you work with, whether they're on site or remote, you know, re remote work, would you want to know so that you could look at adapting that for your business? I would hope the answer would be yes. So here's one, here's one of the top three. And this goes along with what you will be experiencing or have already experienced as you scale your business. And when we talk about scaling, we're not talking about growth, you know, growth, five, 10, 5%, 10% a year. We're talking about adding a zero bigger, you know, going to that next level. You know, you get that first, get that first hundred thousand to, you got to do everything. Just so and, and you're doing proof of concept. You really have something that's going to work. Then you build your company up to that first million. Now you got something rolling and you start to scale. When you get beyond 5 million and you're shooting for 50 to a hundred, 
that's scale. That's where we talk about scale because there's some some major differences in your role and in your team's role. This tracks with that. One of the keys to working with millennials is coaching, not command and control structure. Is to coach and to train, not to do command and control, not to dictate, not say do this. Why? Because it said so. Let me ask you something. How much do you like that when someone talks to you that way, right? Disrespectful, you wouldn't put up with it, I would hope. And um, I've seen a lot of that in business. So so there's an inherent problem in how B schools teach business, for one thing. Business world's borrowed a lot from the military world. Concept of org charts, concept of hierarchical structures, things like span of control. You know, how, how many people... Can one person, quote unquote, supervise? And what are, what are the rules, the guidelines for determining what's going to work and what's not? A lot of that came from the military. Something else came from the military was uh, command and control. Uh, uh, hire, uh, the Do this. Take orders. Follow the orders. Do the orders. Don't question or challenge the orders. Now, that doesn't work so well in civilian life. The concept is still there. There's much more of that than you would like, right? Then you've probably experienced a lot of that has to do with why you are an entrepreneur, right? Entrepreneurs tend to be people that don't like that environment. So we go find something else. We just like, oh, let's go start our own thing. Cause you know what? This environment sucks. Don't know about you, but I've worked in environments like that. I've worked for some teams that were just unbelievable. And I had to like, literally had to like slap myself to see if I, am I really awake and on this team? And I worked for some environments that were just like, I can't wait to get out of here because they were horrible treated people with gross disrespect. Uh, So millennials have grown up in an environment where their parents, because their parents didn't like that, you know, the the younger boomers, Gen X uh, folks, they didn't like being treated that way. So they worked hard to not treat their kids that way, the the millennials. So they were brought up with their parents in the school environment to, to really seek and value coaching and respond to being coached. So they learn. They like a learning environment. How this is a tip for you in your business, and this is one of the top three things for having, uh, you know, for being able to recruit in and develop a culture of, within your company, of high-performing millennials, is you need to coach them and train them. Don't teach them. Don't be an autocrat. Don't say, do this. Don't challenge me. Now, there, there, there's a caveat for that. As always, there's always exceptions, right? In extreme emergencies, well, there are t- there's not a lot of time for training and coaching. But if you have done the, tr- the proper training and coaching in advance, you'll be fine because people will know what to do and they will know how to innovate in order to get through a crisis, right? So you'll be much more survivable when um, a, a book that I love reading and rereading has a phrase in it that is so spot on. It says the sure trials and low spots in life, which tracks with business, right? It is the sure trials and low spots that you will hit in business. It's not, maybe it will happen. This will happen, right? Not with me. Yes, there will be, there will be, there are sure trials and low spots coming and you need to have a team that can respond to that and get you through it. Because as your business grows, as you're scaling your business, you can't do it all. And to have people that are high performers, 
they work best and it's not here, here's something that makes it even, this even better and more powerful it's not just the millennials that work well in that environment high performers in general work better in a coaching and training environment now when i say training here's something to, re, to, to bear in mind and this is a bonus leverage point for you you will beat the pants off your competition if you effectively train and i say effectively train because most companies and even most trainers screw it up they don't effectively train they can train but they don't effectively train training is about having a change in habit it's about developing new habits new skills and applying them in life for you you're as a business owner you're concerned about having them apply it in the in the work environment right so your business benefits from it Oh, and it's here. Scratch. Sorry about that. Uh, <clears throat> the the millennials will benefit from it on their career path. And if you tie that, we've talked about this before. The why. So the the first the first big thing was you got to have a strong why. It has to be clear. You have to be able to articulate it because millennials want to be part of something. So if you can explain why your business is benefiting the community you serve, if you can clearly explain why working with you will benefit the millennials career throughout their life. If you can, or there's third part to that. If you can clearly articulate why the job and the process that goes with the doing of the job tie into that mission, then millennials will like your company. You'll have a leg up on the competition. So I'll tell you what, most companies can't do that. Most businesses, most business owners can't. And big businesses, big corporations, I've worked you know, for companies that have 65,000 plus employees globally. Um, they can't do that. They can make nice platitudes, but they can't really tie it together like that. If you can, you've got a huge advantage that, that why ties into the coaching and training, right? If you're, if you are training and you are helping them build a new habit and you tie that habit back into that why now you're beginning to cr create a culture that millennials will like and it will thrive in you need to recruit not hire we've talked about this in, in past episodes this ties into that so if you want to recruit this will help attract top people because they're looking for those types of things when you approach someone Recruiting, right? When you're recruiting, it means you're out actively looking for certain people or certain profiles of people that are already high performers. They have options and you want to convince them that you're the best option for them. Most likely getting them to leave somewhere else because you're a better opportunity for them. The coaching and training is a big part of that. If they can see they're going to learn a lot, they know because they're still relatively early in their career. They're in the first third of their career. So if you help them with that, that is, uh, that's something that will make them very, very interested in working with you when they, when you have people on your team that will make them very, very interested in staying with you. It helps you win the war for talent, which puts you in a position where you can win in the marketplace too. If you're going to scale, you've got to have high performers. You've got to have the right people with the right skills and the right seats doing the, you know, in the right jobs and right positions. Otherwise you're not going to be able to sustain or it's, it's going to be way uglier. It's hard enough as it is. You'll make it even harder for yourself. So it is the coaching and training. That is something that you can begin to implement now. And it's something that's needed anyway. 
to have a high performing culture in your company. It's something you need as the business owner, right? As you're scaling, things are changing. Market's changing around you. Technology is changing. So you need to be receiving coaching and training. So you set the example. And that's a leadership issue. We'll dig into that more in future episodes. So that's the tip. Uh, we'll talk some more about that next week. We've got some great interviews coming up next week. I'm excited about. We'll be announcing those. Uh, we've got a, a, a CEO lifestyle interview coming up early in the week. And then we have got one of the top trainers and coaches in the world later in the week that we'll be on. And they're very, very excited about that. And you're going to want to have something to write with and take notes and be part of that conversation. Remember, this is interactive. This is 21st Century TV, live and interactive, right? Make comments. We can, you know, you can ask questions. You can make comments. You can challenge what people are saying and we can adjust. You see that happen a lot. It was on, uh, on recent episodes. We've been doing it. And uh, appreciate you being part of the conversation like that. And uh, as we're wrapping up, you know, it's Saturday. I like having some fun with uh, with Saturdays because it's a weekend. Here's something to consider. Today is National Nutella Day. Have you ever had Nutella? I'm sorry, Global Nutella Day. Have you ever had Nutella? It seems like it's a little bit more popular outside the United States, but it is a hazelnut and coconut chocolatey uh, sort of pudding-like spread almost like a like a, a peanut butter kind of a spread which is also popular hey lynn thanks for joining us glad you're part of the conversation um it's a it's a it, you should try it it is really delicious it is really delicious and um you know share it with a friend and the reason i say that you know have it go find some nutella and if you can buy nutella like say in a korean market the reason i mention that is is there's the international version of it is a little bit different than some of the some of the uh, American version. There's a little difference in the flavor. Uh, you may like that, but try both. I think you'll, you'll find it's just it's just a delicious uh, dessert or snack type of a thing. Share it with a friend, and while you're sharing it with a friend, also <laughs> something that just blew me away. You would you realize? Would you believe today is National Take a Shower with a Friend Day? So grab some Nutella, share a snack with a friend, share a shower. Remember, keep it clean. And have a great Saturday. Thanks for being part of the conversation here with Wolf's Watch. I'm Wolf, and I look forward to seeing you on the trail. <laughs>